This is John Gramstrand, and I'm a certified energy specialist for CHS Ag Services in Stephen, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Coonan in studio. We'll have reports from Whitney Pittman and Sierra Doctor as well. The Environmental Protection Agency has issued an Endangered Species Act work plan for pesticide registrations. The EPA has thousands of pesticides up for review, bogged down by legal challenges regarding the protections given to endangered species. James Callan Associates CEO Jim Callan summarizes this EPA response. It's a federal offense to use any pesticide in a manner that results in an unauthorized take, e.g. kill or otherwise harm, of an endangered species and certain threatened species under the Endangered Species Act. Um, this is what the EPA is proposing for label language. Uh, we believe the groups that I'm working with, uh, in particular North Dakota Grain Growers Association, which has filed comments, um, is regulatory overreach and unrealistic to enforce. The EPA proposal says farmers must get a bulletin at least six months before using one of the crop protection tools. The North Dakota Grain Growers Association is calling that impractical and unworkable. EPA is accepting public comment on this issue through Tuesday. Producers need to take a look at that and see what would work, what might not work, and, uh, and then also express concerns about this federal offense uh, issue and some of the other matters that are a, that are a, real, that are a real problem. Um, so they, they need, they, EPA needs to, needs to hear from, from growers. The Congressional Budget Office will release Farm Bill baseline funding estimates on Wednesday. This will provide lawmakers a look at the amount of money that's available and is a key step in development of the next Farm Bill. Crop insurance and risk management topics dominated yesterday's Senate Agriculture Committee hearing. Ranking member John Bozeman praised the role of crop insurance, but there's one worry. What I get concerned about are efforts to use the crop insurance program as a carrot or a payment delivery tool to try and get producers to adopt specific climate and conservation practices without regard to what is best for their individual operations. USDA Undersecretary Robert Bonney said the Risk Management Agency provides rebates for cover crops, but that does not affect the actuarial soundness of the program. During the Senate Ag Committee hearing, North Dakota Senator John Hoven asked Farm Service Agency Administrator Zach Ducheneau for ways to improve risk management for livestock producers. Our livestock programs lag behind our crop programs a little bit just by virtue of exactly. being newer, so there's room to evolve. We really appreciate, you mentioned earlier, the flexibility that we're offered because that lets us find that solution in a more timely manner and it's enabled us to work closely with your staff, for instance, on ELAP to address that, the length of the hauls that our producers were having to make to mitigate drought impacts. So that flexibility in the programs is every bit as important. Another of the strength of those programs is they're funded through the CCC, which allows us to, again, make more timely decisions. USDA Undersecretary for Farm Production and Conservation Robert Bonney was grilled about a wide range of topics, including sugar policy. Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar got Bonney to go on the record 
about the stocks-to-use ratio. In last week's hearing, uh, your colleague, Undersecretary Taylor, Mr. Bonney, confirmed that she would work together with you to maintain a stocks-to-use level uh, in the United States between 13.5 and 15.5 percent, uh, which provides for a reliable and stable supply of sugar. Um, to both consumers, food manufacturers. Do you feel that range represents an adequate supply for the U.S.? I can give you a really short answer on that one. Yes. Russia's ambassador to the United Nations claims it has been unable to export grain through the Black Sea Grain Initiative. The Russian official blamed hurdles put up by the United States and other Western countries. The Black Sea grain deal was put together by the UN, Turkey, Ukraine and Russia to facilitate grain shipments out of the region. While Russia may not be shipping grain through the southern Black Sea ports, it is exporting large volumes of grain and fertilizer through other channels. Brazilian President Lula will be in the White House today to meet with President Biden. Ahead of that meeting, Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar and Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley have asked the Biden administration to discuss Brazil's new import tariff on U.S. ethanol. This 16% tariff was announced last week. It will increase to 18% next year. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Record farm income seems to still be impacting farmers' sentiment. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. Purdue University and the CME group saw farmer sentiment rise again in the month of January, according to this month's Ag Barometer Survey. Purdue University's Center for Commercial Agriculture Director, Dr. Jim Mintert, explains that while sentiment has been up for the last two months, we're still lower than this time last year. Two months in a row now, the index has been up. It was up four points this month compared to last month. Uh, over the last two months, it's actually up 28 points, so it's been a nice bounce. And that actually puts the index a little bit higher than it was this time last year. I think it's up about 9% compared to last January. However, if you go back two years, we have lost a lot of ground. Um, I think two years ago, the reading for the sentiment index was 167. This month, we're at 130. So we're still down substantially compared to that late 2020, early 2021 timeframe. Mintert explains that year-end evaluations are likely the cause for this month's increase. Over the last two months, people felt a little bit better about their current situation. I think part of that was at the end of the year. People felt better about what took place in 2022. Prior to that, people were probably focused pretty heavily on the fact that inputs were up so much in terms of cost compared to the prior year. And then the future expectations, the small rise we got here this month is kind of interesting because it's still a tremendous amount of uncertainty with respect to what's going to happen in 2023. But those two seem to go together at this particular time, at this particular month. And actually, if you look at the two indices over about the last year, they've tended to go up and down pretty much together. Reporting for the Red River Farm Network, I'm Whitney Pittman. The chief agricultural trade negotiator is reportedly giving Mexico until Tuesday to explain the science behind their proposed ban on biotech corn. Doug McCallop told Reuters this response will help the United States determine the path forward. In late January, Mexico rejected 14 traits submitted to the U.S. Uh, submitted by the U.S. and did not provide any explanation. McCallop said Mexico needs to base its decision on science. Mexico's GMO corn ban 
is expected to begin in 2024. Spring wheat basis bids at the six regional grain elevators, followed by the Red River Farm Network, switching to the uh, Minneapolis May contract. May futures price is currently 11 cents less than the March, resulting in a net basis change at these six elevators from 11 to 30 cents wider than last week. Spring wheat basis ranges from 30 to 55 under the May, with just Minot and New Salem, North Dakota, 40 to 45 under the March. Corn basis is also starting to shift to the May contract, which is currently two cents less than the March contract. Corn basis ranging from unchanged to seven cents wider than a week ago in a range from 25 to 40 under the March and 30 to 35 under the May. Soybean basis are unchanged, 20 wider than last week, ranging from 50 under the March to 75 under the May futures contract. Farm Business Network Director of Finance, T.J. Wilson, says the farm economy is going through an interesting time with interest rates increasing. With interest rates doing what they're doing right now, the Fed raised rates again this week here. So one of the things we really try to do is put a farmer's first mentality and you know adhere to our mission uh, within FBN. So we do have some 0% financing options for all of our customers, too, if they're buying stuff from FBN through our direct store, our livestock, or our crop side of the business so we can offer them zero percent financing to really help benefit their operation in this time. Wilson says farmers are expanding their options when it comes to protecting their bottom line. I think they're, they're more open-minded to a lot of different options right now with the what the enterprises look like as far as the economics margins are getting tighter across all these different operations so they have to look outside their traditional sources to see what they can do to improve their ROI and make their bottom line a little bit better. The Minnesota House of Representatives met yesterday to hear two bills related to the grants and appropriations for the Minnesota Agriculture Education and Leadership Council and Farm Business Management Programming. Both bills received support from the committee. House Files 1147 and 1431 were laid over for possible inclusion in a future omnibus bill. As of June 1, Bayer will have a new chief executive officer. Bill Anderson will succeed Werner Baumann, who is retiring after 35 years of service to the industry. Most recently, Anderson was the CEO for the Roche Pharmaceuticals Division. Reporting Agriculture's Business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Domestic and international demand for U.S. beef has been on the rise. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has more. National Cattlemen's Beef Association past president Don Schiefelbine says growing international demand for beef has been a highlight of his time in national office. What was incredibly important is over the last couple of years, we've opened up some markets, and I was very key involved with opening of China. That market has just exploded. If you look at what we've done with the Japanese market, boy, the trade there now has just gone gangbusters. And I think some of those things that take a little time, you kind of water it, you kind of nurture the seed, if you will, and now we're getting all the fruits of that effort. And to me, if you look at the trade numbers that we're dealing with today or enjoying today, it's the result of a couple of years ago when we sat down with the Trump administration and said, boy, for success of ag, we got to open these doors and open these markets. If the drought situation across the nation can ease, Scheifelbein says livestock producers will be in a good place for the next year. It's amazing what good prices do for good attitudes, and that's been very, very encouraging. Now if we could just get good moisture, we would have the perfect scenario. There's a lot of issues that just keep chipping away. Who would ever thought 
you know, a couple of years ago, we thought we put the WOTUS issue, the waters of the United States, to bed. And doggone, if it didn't crawl out of bed again, and we're having to deal with that over and over again. And it looks just like that everybody wants to take what was once a pretty satisfactory common sense solution and say, boy, let's get the government involved more and let's make some more complexities to it and let's create more uncertainty for our ranchers, which is something we don't want. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. USDA says U.S. Class 1 railroads originated nearly 25,000 grain carloads during the week ending January 28th. That's an increase of 13% from the previous week and the three-year average. The average February shuttle secondary rail car bid offers were $234 below tariff. That's down 5 bucks from the previous week, $905 lower than where we were last year. In those markets, we have Minneapolis wheat five and a half higher. The March contract at nine twenty-two and three quarters. Chicago wheat March seven sixty-two and a quarter, an eight cent gain. KC wheat March nine and a quarter higher. March corn it's a three cent gain, six seventy-three and three quarters. New crop one and a half higher. Soybeans for March one and three quarter higher at fifteen twenty-one. New crop soybeans going the other direction, down by three and a quarter cents. Checking in on the farm calendar uh, for NDSU, it's the Little I this weekend. They've got uh, FFA and 4-H judging contests going on today. The Blue Jackets all heading to campus, and of course their Hall of Fame banquet uh, uh, going on tonight. Showmanship and such tomorrow, Little I in Fargo. There is a beef cattle update in Aneta today, noon to 4 o'clock. Uh, they're going to be uh, taking a look at uh, issues for the cattle producer. Coming up on Monday, uh, 7 p.m. at Valley City State University, a focus on the Farm Bill put together by Dakota Resources Council. This is the Red River Farm Network.